0: So typically, my typical client is somebody who will do a, for example, will do a three hour deep dive and I learn everything about them. And while I talk, I take tons of notes because I can type as fast as I can talk. So part of the way I work with clients, I do no contracts. I guarantee every syllable I say and I take full notes of everything that we talk about. So they can just sit back and be coached and I can type as I think and things kind of flow through me. I can kind of type out as well as their action plans and everything that they're doing.
1: What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. Today, our guest is John Dwoskin. John is a business coach that helps people take their businesses to the next level. And we get into a few different topics with John today. First, we talk about a transformative experience that John had in his life regarding a cancer diagnosis. I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you here, but we get more into the details, what happened to him and the insights that he gained from that, and then how he transformed that into building his business and helping his clients build their businesses. And we talk about some of the skills that he uses to help his clients. And the one in particular that we really dig into. I think is what has helped me in my life and my business, and I've seen help others too. So we're gonna dig into that. Hopefully, you can pick up some skills that will help you build your business no matter what you're doing. If it's a real estate investing venture that you're working on, then remember that your network is your net worth. And the more people that you help get what they want, you're gonna help you're gonna get what you want, right? You can get what anything you want by helping others. Get anything that they want, or get whatever they want. I believe that's a, a Jim Rohn saying, and I believe that is accurate and 100 percent true. Help others, and it will come back to you. And the first step to help others is to understand what they want through this particular skill that we discuss with John today. So, a lot of great insights in this interview, and you know, just an amazing experience in his life that he had that he's going to share with us today, and and an amazing, in a certain way, not in a positive sense. So. I don't want to spoil it too much. You're you're going to understand what I mean. Just keep listening and you will get it and you'll follow us. I'm your host, Taylor Boat. I'm a real estate investor and I help other people passively invest in commercial real estate. If you're interested in learning more and potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com. Fill out the form and uh, we will see you there. Just take the next steps. If you're enjoying a show and you're an Apple podcast user, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple podcast. Five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so much, you guys, and I really mean that. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, and I really do mean this, that gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. That's what this show is all about, helping you build the skills, habits, and strategies to get your money out of Wall Street and get it into Main Street. That's what we're here for. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't done so yet, look us up, hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. That's when we're here. That's when we're doing it. Appreciate you tuning in. Once again, our guest is John Duwaskin, and we learn a, just a couple of amazing topics here. So without any further ado, here we go. John, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been great talking with you so far. And you have a very powerful story and a powerful experience, particularly when you were younger. For our listeners out there who don't know about you and your background, could you tell us a bit about what you do? And then I'd like to dive into that experience you you had in your 30s. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm a business coach. I've always wanted to be a business coach. I wanted to be a business coach since I was 18 years old. Uh, My dad gave me a set of tape sets by Brian Tracy called The Psychology of Success, and I became addicted to wanting to learn, and I just knew I wanted to do it for a living. So fast forward, uh, when I was about 42, I started my business, but I had been planning it for many, many years. In between that, I started and sold an internet company, was in commercial real estate for 13 years, and just kind of ultimately reinvented myself as a business coach, where I coach solopreneurs to fortune companies, CEOs, leadership teams, managers, salespeople, uh, basically all the roles within an organization and help them get unstuck. I work with typically very successful people who are stuck and need someone to help them grow. I many times can kind of see what they can't see is right in front of them, hidden in plain sight and what my clients tell me is i'm able to ask them questions to access things that they can't access on their own and so whether the, you know comes from that action plans vision you know small nuances that make a huge impact both for the company culture as well as the bottom line so uh yeah so that's so that's that's what i do as a business coach and I write books, I I keynote when I can based on COVID now. <laughs> so I'm virtual, it's not virtual keynotes are great, not the same as live, which I've actually done, you know, about uh, three of them in the last couple of months as COVID was kind of, you know, down a bit and now it's, it's surging a little bit more. And, uh, but mostly I'm doing one-on-one coaching all over the country and some group training and things of that nature. So I love it, I love it. You know, I'm gonna be 50 in 2022, which is great. And I uh, always love getting
1: older. The older I get, the younger I feel, and it's uh, it's great. So nice, awesome, and and we're gonna yeah. hopefully talk about you know some of those questions you ask people to help them along the way in a bit. I mentioned the experience you had in your 30s, and and this resume, resonated to me. The reason I pick on it is because I'm I'm 32, and uh, you know if I'm honest, I you know think about these things uh, sometimes. So you know, tell us about what happened to you in your 30s. You know, long story short, when I was in my 30s, I was diagnosed
0: with testicular cancer. And I will pull a couple lessons that I learned from that. One, I intuitively knew something was wrong with me. I had no symptoms. I just knew because I was meditating a lot. I still do meditate every day, but I just could feel it and sense it in my body. I had just recently had a physical and ended up going to a new doctor, getting a physical, to which he said, you, you have a lump in your testicle, I went to a a urologist, Uh, the urologist said, you're absolutely fine. And I said, I know, I'm not fine. I can just sense it, just take my blood. And he said, I'm so positive, you're fine. I'm not even going to take your blood. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. And I pushed it and I pushed it, but I didn't push it enough. He said, come back in 30 days. I came back in 30 days i was i left the office he called me he said you got to get back here you were right you do have testicular cancer wow fast forward so i was very fortunate because i had a stage one had i can't remember if i had 12 or 17 treatments radiation it's kind of funny like you think you're never going to forget and then you just, start to <laughs> just forget. blur together and uh, i was fine i was able to have children and i was i was very very fortunate and lucky Fast forward 10 years, you really only need five years of of follow-up checkups, but I did 10 years. And at my 10 year, they called me and said, you have cancer riddled through your entire body, you gotta get in here ASAP. So I went in with my wife and they said, basically, the odds of us being wrong are one in a million and we've never seen cancer spread this crazy. You've gotta basically start chemo, you've gotta start these drugs, you've gotta start this. And I said to him, I, I just think you're wrong. I just don't sense it in my body. I don't feel it in my body the way I did the first time. And they said, we're, we're absolutely right. They basically told me I was dying. I had to like, you know, do all of these, like start treatment, like chemo the next day. Uh, I mean, it was insane. So I really had to push. I said, I, I just don't think you're right. And again, they're telling me well, our odds of being wrong are one in a million. They said, I said, I want an emergency CAT scan, blood work and ultrasound i got it a day and a half later so mind you for a day and a half now i'm 40 years old i have two children i think i'm dying even though intuitively i knew i wasn't and they called me a day and a half later and they said you were right they botched your blood you're absolutely fine and so the lessons are this without getting too dramatic with you know all of this the lessons are this you must be your own doctor you must be your own doctor And you have to push and you can't, no matter if somebody has a white coat on, a degree, you've got to be your own doctor, not only in the medical world, but in general, in everything, in decisions that you make, you've got to be grounded, you've got to be centered, you've got to know, you've got to advocate for yourself and in many cases, those around you. Had I not, I would be dead, having had nothing. I would have had chemo pumped in my body. I would have had antibiotics pumped in my body. I would have had surgeries and there was nothing wrong with me the second time. And so I'm not saying that all doctors are wrong, but I am saying you always need a second or third opinion. You always have to advocate and you have to, and you can't take anybody's initial word on
1: anything. Wow well you know that that is an amazing life experience and you know to kind of tie it into you know your your coaching business one of the mm-hmm. things that i find i don't know annoying but amazing is that there are business coaches out there that are in their you know early 20s and have basically no life experience or yeah. business ex- experience to Correct. draw upon. on and you know you have both the the business and the life experience and, and i'd like to you know kind of tie it into you know how this all Informs your your business coaching, you know, company and practice, right. and, and how you help others because you know I I can't imagine that right now, and I'm a little bit older than you were when you had that initial diagnosis, and right that would turn my life on its head. I mean, I don't even know. I would yeah. I would be a mess. Yeah, yeah, it was hard. I mean, you know, I can talk about it
0: now in kind of a you know, almost as if I, you know, telling you a story almost in a book, but walking through it and going through it and having young children and having CAT scans and follow-up CAT scans and the anxiety of thinking that it could come back. And, you know, it's very stressful in the world of testicular cancer. After, you know, five years, you're pretty much in remission and after 10, for sure. Some have told me, you, you don't even really call yourself a survivor after 10 years of testicular cancer, because it's really, you're done. But it was, it was really stressful, but it puts things in perspective, Taylor, you know, when that happened to me, when I was 40, I remember thinking, you know what, I feel like I got this opportunity to always make sure that I do what I love to do, right? So I'm not going to get stuck in the corporate world that um, is great for many. It's great. I coach a lot of people in the corporate world. It wasn't for me long-term and uh, I wanted to do what I love to do and life can be short. And I was going to take every opportunity to do what I wanted to do the way that I wanted to do it and be fulfilled the way I wanted to be fulfilled in my career and the way that I wanted to feel in my career, the way that I wanted my children to see me fulfilled in my career so they would be fulfilled in whatever they ultimately choose. My kids are soon to be 16 and 19. And I wanted them to, you know, be inspired by just osmosis, right? Because they knew in my one corporate job, even though they were younger, they knew I wasn't happy, right? I loved many of the people and the experiences, but it was just wasn't, and it wasn't the company. It was that I just personally wasn't fulfilled because I wanted to do what I'm doing now.
1: A lot of that is probably relevant to our listeners because, you know, not to make it a gratuitous tie-in, but especially if you're going to invest in real estate, you're going to have so many people Especially in the corporate world, saying, Oh, my brother's, uncle's, cousin lost everything in the Great Recession. And how do you know that's not going to happen to you? And and you're kind of cutting against the the grain. You're going to have people discouraging you. But I, I can imagine that such a life-changing experience would make you kind of throw a lot of those concerns away because you you do realize that life is short and I don't have either way, I don't have a whole lot of time left. I don't want to take it all. For granted, because I don't, I don't know when that's going to change.
0: Right. I just read a book called. Uh, I feel like it kind of like you know fell on fell into me. I don't even know how I learned about it, and then I, I learned about it. I think I heard it in a podcast, and then Tim Ferriss talked about how it was one of his favorite recent books. But it's a book called Four Thousand Weeks, and basically says for the average human being we, who lives to be, I think, seventy seven, we've got four thousand weeks to <laughs> live. Right. So if you start to calculate, right. So if you start to calculate, right. So I'm going to be 50 next year. So you take 50 times 52. I got 20, I'm 2600 weeks in. Right. So according to this of now, I'm not planning on dying when I'm 70, 77, I'm planning on living to 100, but that's 1400 weeks based on the book. So if I plan, if I want to live to be, let's just say 102, right. Or let's just say 105. Mine is 50. So I got 2860 weeks left, give or take. So what am I going to do with that time? Right. I'm going to spend that time the way I want to spend that time and do
1: the things I want to do. Well, I, you know, <laughs> it's tough to think about that because we can't really, I think, picture a year in our minds or the feeling of a year. We know they go by quickly generally, Correct. but man, we can feel a week. I remember the week, a week. You know? sure. And 4, right. 4, I mean, if you think about it number. we only
0: we only have 52 weeks in a year right mm-hmm. so we have 52 saturdays give or take right depending on the leap year and 52 mondays and right so that's it's not that much it's not that much so you know
1: you gotta make it count well i love that and, and you know you talk about how i want to dive into you know some of this business coaching and, and how you ask questions to help people because I I like that as a, as an idea, but, but how do you turn those, how do you ask, you know, either actionable or insightful or, or helpful questions? How do you turn the the question asking mechanism into, you know, actual uh, help for your, your clients? How do I? Yeah.
0: I'm great at asking questions. I've monetized <laughs> an entire business out of asking questions. I'm highly intuitive. I have a high EQ. I have a high SQ, spiritual intelligence. Those are both much higher than my IQ, even though I'm I'm a huge reader. I study every single day and about amongst all different industries, all different things, all different topics. But I'm an active listener. I'm a really, really good active listener. And most people are not good active listeners. And so I'm listening for the pauses, the way they say something, their history. So typically my typical client is somebody who will do a for example, we'll do a 3-hour deep dive and I learn everything about them. And while I talk, I take tons of notes because I can type as fast as I can talk. So part of the way I work with clients, I do no contracts, I guarantee every syllable I say and I take full notes of everything that we talk about. So they can just sit back and be coached and I can type as I think, and things kind of flow through me. I can kind of type out as well as their action plans and everything that they're doing or need to do and things of that nature and any idea that comes up. And so while I'm learning about their background, which is then followed up by 15 minutes a week or 30 minutes every other week, I mean, there's some variations, some clients do more uh, with me each week because the shelf life only lasts so long of coaching right? Before you fall backwards into your old ways. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's, you know, strategy, confidence, you know, pushing people out, you know, to their highest potential, that is what I do. And so through active listening and consistently working with somebody who's committed to the work, who is open-minded and coachable and ready to do the work, I'm listening for things that are so obvious to me that they overlook. So I'll say, you said X, but let's, and then you just glossed over it. Let, I want to dive into that. And then I get really granular. And then that's where new ideas, new concepts, new confidence, new action plans, distractions, which are in many cases, in many cases, taking in a center stage because they resist what they need to do most. I kind of bring that to the surface so they can get complete. Clarity. And like I said, I, you know, I've had my business now in June, it'll be seven next June 2022 will be seven years. I've never done a contract with anybody. I don't do them. You know, my bookkeeper sends out an invoice the first of every month. And I tell my clients, if you didn't get your value, then don't work with me and don't pay me. But you know, to me, for every for every twenty dollars they give me, I give a hundred dollars in value. I'm more than twenty dollars, but I'm just using that as a as an analogy to you know, the return on investment there. I mean, I can point to client after client after client who, you know, I can think of two off the top of my head that I talked to last week. They happen to be in sales. Their pipeline was basically zero. They're now going to do half a billion to a billion dollars, you know, over the course of a year. And I'm not the only reason, but I'm able to bring out things in people that they cannot bring out on their own. And so whether it's a a CEO that has lost their culture and their net promoter score is a three, and I get it to an eight or a nine, whether it is a company that is not understanding that their messaging is off, which is greatly affecting their sales. So it's going from six figures to seven figures or eight figures. It's all about active listening. And many times there's an amazing TED Talk. It's called The Power of Wonder by Jeff Hoffman. And it's amazing. And what he talks about is we all need to kind of re-examine and put our eyes through the filter of a five-year-old when we look at our business. Because because we're in it so deeply, we can't see the forest through the trees.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So do you think active listening and, and asking those questions is a skill that can be taught or is it innate can we cultivate it develop it what do you think about that both i
0: think it's both
1: I, I it intuitively
0: comes to me it always has i've always been able to hear things that people just don't hear and see things people don't see always and i took an iq test and actually in that section i got 100 and i've just always been able to do that and so on top of that i study it i study it every single day so i'm always picking up kind of nuances of what certain things mean and why people say this. And if they say this, they really mean that. And so I I think it's both. I think if you don't have it at all, and then you need to start practicing, just listening to what is being said, even though it was never said. So So I'll be at a meeting. It's very typical that if you asked a client of mine, they would say, I say this. And John says, well, what I'm hearing you say is this, which isn't what they thought they said, but it's what I heard, right? Because I'm listening for, more of the inner DNA soulful things that they're saying that that they can't define. I can define in many cases what they can't define for
1: themselves, which is why it's such a good uh, partnership. In that process, there's still some reliance on the person identifying that they're not a good active listener, or that they feel they need to improve their their skills of active listening mm-hmm. I, you know they they say the first step to change is you know acknowledging uh acknowledging the right. problem. Do you think people are, are like are just not aware that they're not good active listeners, or you know what do you think about that identifying that there's a problem in the first place? just get to tie it back into sure. you know, the the initial cancer uh diagnosis I think people are not aware. You know, one of the first
0: things about my methodology that I work with people on is raising their awareness, raising their frequency, raising their vibration on things, you know, zooming out to be an observer of themselves, right? So to see yourself in a different way that you haven't taken time to think of yourself. And so if you if you kind of zoom out and begin to look at things with different eyes and different perspective, it was always there. I'm just able to bring it out, Right. I love the movie The Wizard of Oz. I think it's a it's a it's a great movie. Um, and one of my favorite books that I've ever read is called The Zen of Oz. And it talks about kind of the the spiritual essence of of each character. But you know, each character had what they thought they were missing. They just needed somebody to validate it at the end and point out the obvious, right? That's in many cases what I do. And so then I can give people hope. Wait, I can make a million dollars. My self-worth was only. 100,000, well, I get people to realize that their self-worth is much higher and then set a vision with them and then reverse engineer all the tools they need, right, you have cats, you hear my dogs, and then reverse (laughs) engineer all the, I'm working from home today, all the tools they need to do what they need to do. Now they have to execute, but that's their choice. I'm great at what I do, but I'm not a magician, Mm -hmm. right? They've got to be open-minded. They've got to do the work. And they've got to be coachable and ready to work but if they are i can take them there and they have got to be growth oriented and they've got to be able to be vulnerable and if you can do that then i can coach you the five ten percent of the people that end up not working with me long term are closed-minded they are not growth oriented and they can't be vulnerable so the moment we get to that space where they need to open up their mind even more or really focus on growth or be a little bit more vulnerable and they can't,
1: then coaching doesn't work for them anymore. So I think that, you know, and this is another big topic that we probably don't have time to get into, but that is one of the big differences to me between consistent business coaching compared to seminars that you go to once and then you go home all fired up and then two weeks later you've forgotten everything and the spark is gone. Correct. And and that's one of the the deficiencies of those 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 seminar things, because they they wear off really quickly. So coaching is very short. Well,
0: because those are more focused on motivation, not inspiration. Yeah. And and they don't give you tools. They give you kind of like theories. Right. Like wake up early. Okay, Well, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, give me a plan. Right. So I work with people on action plans on a consistent basis. And the shelf life for many people is a week, for many people is two weeks. After two weeks, the shelf life shifts. Nice. Yeah,
1: I think that's important, but that, that is a- <laughs> Keep on <laughs> talking,
0: I'm just letting my dog
1: eat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That is uh, certainly a topic for another day, but but very important when it comes to kind of the metagame of building a business and, and building you know passive income. But uh, right now, we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsor. or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, John, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Yes. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education?
0: The best investment I ever made other than my education, meaning education of what I, how I learn every single day.
1: Yeah. Or it's not a specific qualifier, but I had yeah. a lot of folks say in my education. So we had to take that off the table. Got it, got it, got not, it. Well, I was say the best
0: investment. The best investment is investing in myself, period. The best investment is investing in my own business, you know, always looking on how I can double my business, investing in my people and investing
1: in my kids in their future. Nice. I, I appreciate the, the clarifiers. Cause I think a lot of people say, investing in myself as 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 almost a filler or a throwaway answer but you went that step further and and mentioned you know your business and a few other things i mean i
0: believe in myself i'll bet on myself all day long right i look at what i'm doing and i invest in the who i the who's of what i need the who's that i need to grow my business so i have a team of eight virtual people that help me grow my business. Anytime I get to a point in my business where I think I need to grow, but these are things I don't want to do. I find the who can do it. So I invest in them. I invest in them. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I
1: appreciate that. especially. And in return,
0: I'm investing in my clients because what it does is it allows me to be very focused when I'm talking to clients so I can be an active listener and be present because I'm not thinking about all the things that I, you know, that my bookkeeper and my social media people and all those people are doing.
1: Nice. Nice. That's important. So we had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Uh,
0: The worst investment I ever made was, I don't know if I ever really, oh, it was the worst investment, but I invested in a company that I was part of that I didn't really want to be part of that. I kind of felt like I was forced to be part of as my brother and i started our internet company we sold it it was very successful and then when we were done with that company my brother was starting another business he wanted me to be part of it i didn't really want to be i wanted to take some time off and just kind of you know not and so i kind of i wasn't forced i did it at my own will but i invested knowing that it probably wasn't something i should do and that was to me a lesson of listening to your Right. Like that, because
1: it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. (laughs) Right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So my favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? You got to listen to your gut hundred percent. If it's off, 0.001%
0: and there's just something they're telling you, no matter how good it looks, no matter how sweet it looks, no matter how great of an opportunity, if there's one little minute thing that your gut is telling you don't
1: do it, don't. Interesting, interesting. So we hear a lot of uh, successful business people and investors say that they say no much more than they say yes, significantly more than they say yes. And it sounds to me that that's that's in that same vein. If it's not exactly the thing that fits what they're going to do, they're going to say no.
0: Correct. I've had opportunities of investing with people that I know many, 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 many people invest with and doing things, but my gut will say no. And I listen to the gut.
1: Nice. I like that. Yeah. Well, John, thank you for joining us today, bringing us all these lessons, sharing your experience. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more or anything like that, where can they track you down?
0: Yeah, they can always call me on my cell phone. I return every call, text, email, same day, uh, 248-535-7796 or john, J-O-N, at johndwaskin.com. You can email me, call me, text me, whatever's easy, or my website, johndwaskin.com has information that's updated every single day. My podcasts, my books are free. I mean, everything is up, is up there. Uh, video tips, everything. So um, if you want to talk to me about coaching, you can go there. You can learn about my one-on-one coaching and my keynotes, my group trainings, and my group coaching, and, or just call
1: me directly and I'll tell you everything. Awesome. Well, (laughs) it's been great talking with you today. Thank you for joining us. And thank you to everybody out there for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate that so much, you guys. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. I say this every time. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Don't forget to subscribe no matter what podcast app you use. And we'll catch you here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you're interested in learning more about what I do and investing with us in the future, just go to investwithtaylor.com and we'll talk to you there. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.